On February 5th, 2017, at approximately 6.56 Central Standard Time, I, Hooli, released the following tweet. TFW, you voted for Trump and you're going to lose the Super Bowl, hyphen Hooli, hashtag sad Brady. And what followed was a dejected picture of Tom Brady. This was wrong. The game was not close to over, and in fact, the Patriots were on the drive that led them to their third quarter score and eventual turnaround to win the game. I jinxed the game, and I apologize. Believe me when I say that no joy is taken from this Super Bowl win. In fact, the opposite. My grief is only exacerbated by the one like this tweet received. I can't go back. All I can tell you is I'm sorry. Tweets were readily available. I took a very low dosage. I did have a relationship with a tweet that was inappropriate. In fact, it was wrong. It constituted a critical lapse in judgment and a personal failure on my part for which I am solely responsible. And jinxes are what they thought they were. And we let them off the hook. And, and it was the third quarter. And they were up by 25. And jinxes are what we thought they were. However, in my defense, we're talking about a tweet. Not a podcast. Not a live show. A tweet. And that's where we're at right now. Yo, yo, yeah, yo. A tweet. Hooli, I'm going to let you finish. But I just want to say... The Joe had one of the jinxiest tweets of all time. Uh, after Gatowski hit that single doinker, missing that point after temp wide right, I wrote, quote, sorry, Gatowski, just when it looked like the Pats could stand up for themselves and maybe stop the bleeding, dot, 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 hashtag Super Bowl, hashtag blowout. Blowout? Blowout? You talking about blowout in the first half? Blowout? Man, by the way, I am not apologizing for anything. I just wanted to say that I think I was the one who jinxed them all. Yo, I'm going to let you finish. I am apologizing. What I did was wrong. And all I can do is move forward with the knowledge that I have gained over this past weekend and apply it to my future endeavors, both as a person and as a sports commentator. And as I sit here today humbled, I can tell you that I've learned... And I can also confidently tell you that the Patriots will not win the Super Bowl next year. <laughs> I can guarantee that Tom Brady and Bill Belichick will not win Super Bowl L-I-I. Hooli. What's the worst that could happen? That the Patriots actually win next year. Oh. Also, apologies accepted. I did not apologize. I accepted your non-apology. <laughs> I'm Hooli. I'm the Joe. I'm Mary Beth, and that was exactly what I needed to salve my wounds of knowing that the goddamn Patriots were going to come back in that game.
Now that we've gotten our apology out of the way, as a group, we wanted to say at least a few words about uh, last night's big game, and we could think of no better way to say it than by doing... Peyton's recap of the game! Brady pulled the Sherman's march... Lady Gaga on some strings. Uh, to Julio. Nice catch, Jones. Now take the loss. Egos won't deflate like balls. I bought into Bradshaw's stain. Robo Jackson in Houston. I'm terrible at this bit. Gronk was in more ads than games. <laughs> <laughs> My biggest takeaway for the night, and the thing that got me most excited, Season 2 of Stranger Things. <laughs> I, I definitely... That was the brightest spot of the second half, for sure. Yeah, seeing Dustin in that Ghostbusters outfit. Woof! Yeah. I... I think he's gonna... I think he's gonna pull off a great Melissa McCarthy. So, boys, the NBA trade deadline is coming up in a couple weeks, and if I'm not mistaken, Joe has some questions to pose to our resident b-ball expert, Hooli, about who Hooli thinks should be moving around before that deadline comes. Yeah, I've, I've got some, uh, some players and some uh, odds and ends to plug into our uh, in-house NBA trade machine. Hooli, uh, and we'll see what kind of results he spits out. Great. I'm super excited. All right. So, first input. What's happening with Mello? New York Knicks forward, uh, star New York Knicks forward Carmelo Anthony. Rumors are running rampant. What what's, what machine, can what, what can we spit out here? So, here's where we're at on this. Phil Jackson wants Mello out. He doesn't want to wait. He doesn't want to pay him. He wants to rebuild. They butted heads. He wants him gone. Problem is... Mello has a no-trade clause and a 15% trade kicker that increases his salary by 15%. So any team willing to take it on has to be able to not only be willing to take on that salary, but match that salary. And then complicating that is Mello's no-trade clause, which limit where he goes. Which Mello has said, there's like three teams that I'll play for. The Clippers, your Cavs, and my Celtics. Here's the thing. My Celtics don't want him. He's too expensive. We have Jay Crowder. We'd have to give up too much for a player that, quite frankly, we don't need measuring in the bottom teens in defense and the top four in offense. We don't need Mello. You guys won't give up anything to get Mello. You're not going to give up Love. You're not going to give up Kyrie. And for good reason, the Knicks won't take Iman Shumpert for Carmelo Anthony. We get that. 
which then leaves the Clippers. They're not giving up any of their big three, Paul, DeAndre, or Griffin, which leaves a package based around maybe J.J. Redick and Austin Rivers and maybe a draft pick that they don't know Boston. I don't see that happening. Lala is happy. Melo stays in New York. Phil Jackson is not happy. All right. So the machine says no trade happening there. No trade happening there. All right. Uh, let's move into uh, uh, the Central Division. How about Bulls forward Jimmy Butler? What's the machine say for him? Ooh, Jimmy Buckets is a far more complicated answer. He is a young player just entering a max deal, an old max deal, so he's cheaper than the rest. And it's whether or not Gar wants to rebuild the team or not. They've already said that they want to keep their once-star point guard, Rajon Rondo, for purposes I don't understand. I feel like if the Clippers give him a second-round pick, you say, thank you, we'll put him on a plane now. <laughs> but as far as Butler goes, I also don't think the Butler deal gets done, at least not mid-season. I think it will happen on trade night when... Draft night? Yes, on draft night. Oh, for me, it's trade night because <laughs> the Celtics are going to have a very high pick, and I think that they're going to end up trading him over there on draft night. But I think for now, Butler stays home. I don't think there's a ton of big fireworks. Okay. There will be there will be moves. There are moves every year, but I don't think any game changers may happen. So the Butler didn't do it. Got it. Yep. Uh, let's move on to one of those smaller deals. Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers looking for a veteran Backup point guard. How do they address that situation? Like I said, you offer Chicago a second-round draft pick for Rajon Rondo, and I don't think Chicago can say no. They don't want him on the books. Cleveland seemingly, or I'm sorry, LeBron seemingly has no problem reaching into Dan Gilbert's pocket to pay for players. Irish luxury tax, I don't see that stopping anytime soon. Why not bring in Rajon Rondo? If they can't bring in Rajon Rondo, they've also looked into Dallas for Darren Williams, there's also Ty Lawson is out there. I think one way or another, they find a way to get that playmaker. If Griffin has shown anything while being GM of the Cavs, is that he can make it happen somehow. All right, let's go back to the East Coast. Uh, let's look at the Boston Celtics trading Lucky the Leprechaun. I think this is going to happen. Danny Ainge said that no one on the roster is safe, and he absolutely means it. IT is on an expiring contract. Avery Bradley's on an expiring contract. And quite frankly, Lucky has not shown up like he used to. The crowds are 50% less hype than they were from Ugh. two years ago. His backflips are landing a .5 less from the Russian judges. Uh, yeah, and quite frankly, his shoe game isn't as clean since switching sponsors. Lucky is absolutely on the trading block. The problem is, he's on an, what's known as an iconic mascot, so he can't be traded for any other simple mascot. It has to be someone of his ilk and caliber. We talking Benny? We talking... Yeah, exactly. Moondog? It, yeah, Moondog. Uh, the Sun's Gorilla is also oh, available. Yeah. Classic. Uh, but... That raptor? Come on. The one that eats people? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That is also on the board. What is not on the board is a pair of New York pants, a netting from Brooklyn, also not on the table, a jar of just like 90 degree air from Miami. None of these things are on the table. Uh, so but I do... If, I, if you had to pick one place where you think Lucky ends up, where, where are you picking? I think Lucky ends up 
Phoenix, actually. Okay. We end up trading Lucky, and we get a package back of either Devin Booker or Marquise Chris for Lucky the Leprechaun. Okay. Because no one is safe. Uh, and then once Paul Pierce retires next year, he becomes the official Celtics mascot. Perfect. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, that is the truth. So, uh, what do you think about the Indiana Pacers moving the ghost of Reggie Miller? Reggie Miller has been dead for far too long not to have that ghost mood thus far. Yeah. There haven't been enough deals like this recently to set a fair market value yeah. on a Hall of Famer's ghost. But I think that they are able to let it get it done. Larry Bird is nothing if not a shrewd negotiator and a tough-nosed GM. Yeah. I think he ends up trading Reggie Miller's ghost for one of the New York Knicks 70s championships. Oh, okay. In the hopes that Reggie Miller's ghost is able to inspire young Lurch into becoming a better player. Gotcha. A lot of, a lot of big moves potentially coming from uh, Larry Bird, the pride of French Lick, Indiana. Uh, let's uh, move on. Rumor is the Bobcats want to move away from uh, general manager Michael Jordan that, uh, slash owner. Yes, that is very true. I've heard that the Bobcats have actually set out traps themselves in hopes that they catch themselves slipping. Because they have been all year. Great. Uh, uh, and, and the last one, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plug into the machine and we'll see what, what uh, pops out. Rumor has it that uh, the Warriors are looking to trade the 3-1 lead that they blew. Yes, they are. They'll trade it with pretty much anything at this point. They'll trade it with the Indians' 3-1 lead. Sure. They'll trade it with Atlanta's 25-point lead. Right. You know, come to think of it, what they want to trade it for probably won't help them. <laughs> Man, that is a well-oiled machine. Yeah. Yeah. Hash-oiled. After the New England Patriots defeated the Atlanta Falcons 34-28 in Super Bowl 51, it's hard to not look back at this last 12 months and notice all of the improbable sports comebacks. Uh, in this year, there has been an amazing comeback in the NFL Championship, NBA Championship, and MLB Championship, and we're going to talk about each of those for just a moment, and then look at sports uh, in a greater context. Um, but this, uh, the the Patriots were down twenty eight to three at halftime, a twenty five point deficit. No team in the Super Bowl has ever come back from anything greater than a ten point deficit. So there was no reason to think that any team should be able to come back from 25 points to win the game, unless, of course, you are an Atlanta Fal uh, Falcons fan uh, and you knew it was going to collapse in heartbreak, or you have seen the uh, Bill Belichick-led Patriots do anything in the last 15 years, in which case you knew that it was a possibility. I uh, heard that. Uh, I, I don't know if I could say that this Super Bowl was the greatest Super Bowl I've ever seen. I think two years ago, the Patriots and the Seahawks, that was a, a better overall game. But this yeah. is, without a doubt, one of the most 
amazing individual sports moments I have ever seen. Uh, there was an amazing catch by Julio Jones on the sideline, uh, I believe in the third quarter, that seemed like it was it was going to be the lasting image of the game. Uh, the Falcons uh, uh, blowing up to this early lead and then managing to, to nurse it for the rest of the game. Unfortunately, of course, that is not what happened. In fact, that catch, that amazing toe-tapping catch on the sidelines, isn't even the most iconic catch of this game. There is the catch that should not be where Julian Edelman was able to secure a ball that miraculously never touched the ground. Um, the Atlanta Falcons led for three quarters, but all it took was the one quarter at the end of the game for the Patriots to be able to come back. I don't know. I don't know what else to say about it. I mean, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, two of the greatest to ever do what they did. I'm going to amend that. Not of the greatest. The greatest. Bill Belichick is the greatest coach uh, in football ever. I think the only ones that could potentially be up there are uh, Vince Lombardi and Paul Brown, uh, who I never got to witness uh, with my own two eyes. Uh, and I think it's a different game now than it was when they were playing in the uh, 50s or thereabouts. Uh, and Tom Brady, I think, without a doubt, without qualification, is the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. He's 39 years old, and he's still playing the best football of his career. I guess my big question is, uh, have any of the other like great QBs and coaches that you mentioned been on the record as being certified cheaters? Repeated certified. Having more than a reasonable knowledge of cheating and outright cheating. Uh, I, I don't... So, I the can't. Cubs also fell to a 3-1 deficit. Uh, now, it may not have been the greatest comeback in World Series history. Uh, there have been, I believe, five other teams who made that happen, but... None of those teams did it after not winning a World Series for 108 years. That was really the big the big comebacker where the Cubs were concerned was just as a franchise. Now, I would also say that is a totally different situation from the Patriots. You know, they came back from losing the first three quarters to win the last one, much to most of America's chagrin. Uh, whereas the the Cubs were were a heartening comeback, you know it was it was the nation against the Indians, and uh, whew, that's far too close to an actual political conversation uh, than I really meant for it to be. Uh, back in 1925, we saw the Pirates come back over the Senators. That's how long ago that happened. Ooh, the Washington Senators. Uh, I. I, you know, it, it was the first time it ever happened. Um, uh, game seven was won on a, a during a downpour, so sounds like a real uh, a real you know grand old time. Uh, back in '58, the Yankees oof, beat out my Braves. A uh, Hank Aaron led Braves. He um, singled in the. A run in the bottom half of the ninth to try to stave them off. And this was in game six uh, before the Yankees just outright winning game seven. Uh, we have the Tigers over the Cardinals in 68. 
the Pirates over the Orioles in 79 and the Royals over the Cardinals in 85. So it seems like the Pirates have a little magic behind them. They're the only team who's ever come back twice, which I think is an impressive stat for a franchise to have. Two, Two of out of six. six yeah. A third. And uh, <laughs> the funnily enough to me, the Pirates, like what I feel like they're becoming known as in the modern era of baseball, is they keep going to the wild card playoff game and losing it. <laughs> Two years in a row? Uh, I don't think they actually went this year, but there were at least two years in a row uh, before this one. But but what you're saying is that, like, these comebacks happen a lot then. Seemingly six times. Over the course of hundreds of years. But But it's happened. It's happened. Uh, The the team that did it, the, the Cubbies, didn't make history... Because they came back from a 3-1. They joined a, a short list. Yeah. They made sure. history because they broke up 108, a, a century-plus drought. Very because true. They if were... we want to talk about all the 108s, we can do that, too. It takes 108 outs to win the NLCS. It takes 108 outs to win the World Series. Baseballs have 108 stitches. The distance from the left field pole to the right field pole at Wrigley is 108 meters. There's a lot of numerology going on in this conversation. Well, then back to the three ones and yeah. leads blown, and that that's nice about baseball that that was happening that the Cubs could be bad for so long. But what the Cavs were able to do, and this pains me a little bit, is beat. One of the greatest teams ever. Sure. A team with the most home wins in a regular season NBA season was 73. This was a two-time first unanimous MVP in Steph Curry. And LeBron James went against seemingly insurmountable odds and surmounted them. Here's the thing. When they were able to do that, Michael Jordan was able to pop champagne like Mercury Morris every year when an NFL team loses. Not only were his Bulls still have the, well, we were 72, and we won that championship, the Warriors cannot say that. They were the first of the year to blow a big, to blow a 3-1 lead. In fact, they were the first in NBA Finals history to blow a 3-1 lead, and I believe they set the standard for blowing a 3-1 lead in 2016, which seems to be a bit of an anomaly. Warriors blew a 3-1 lead. The Cleveland Motorcycles blew a 3-1 lead. The Atlanta Falcons were leading for three quarters, had a 25-point lead that was blown. What other upsets have happened in the last 12 months? Well, Clemson beat National Powerhouse Alabama. That's a big comeback. Also in a, a three-quarters-to-one kind of style. Yes. Rafael Nadal loses to a nobody at Wimbledon. In the fifth set, guess what lead Nadal had? No. 3-1, maybe. Oh, no. Uh, Leicester City wins the Premier League team that we profiled earlier in the uh, episode immediately following. And they were 3 million to 1, so that's a little different. But they were not supposed to win at all. That is very correct. 
Uh, Villanova beat UNC for the NCAA Basketball Championship. Uh, an upset there. And in the WNBA, the LA Sparks beat the defending champion Minnesota Lynx with a game winner. Do you know how much time was left on the clock when the game winner was sunk? No. 3.1 seconds. No! These 3.1 comebacks are getting out of hand. These 3.1 comebacks. I mean, on November 8th, uh, there was someone who was down in the polls and was able to come back and win, regardless of the 3.1 million illegal votes that were cast for Hillary. <laughs> I thought that was an amazing feat. <laughs> that is a huge comeback. Uh, uh, for the record, the Pirates have... The Pirates actually lost three wildcard game plans in a row. <laughs> so I'm going to go out on a limb and say that this coming up year, they'll win one. Oh, <laughs> oh uh, another big 3-1 comeback, as we all saw in the Super Bowl this past Sunday. Stranger Things is coming back on October 31st. Damn right. Damn right. 3-1. I heard that the Ghost of Reggie Miller number... 31 for the Indiana Pacers is going to be on the move soon. That's true. <laughs> I heard I heard that through the grapevine as well. Nice. Beyonce is having twins and going from one child to three children. Oh, Whoa. flipping the script. Yeah. I mean, leave it to Beyonce, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Queen Bee can do no wrong. Yeah. I think we're all in agreement on that. For sure. I was just going to say... I, I'm, I'm sure we could continue to go deeper, but I feel like listeners should be on guard for March 1st. I mean, this is this only holds true to uh, North American listeners. If you were in Europe, uh, January 3rd was the day to watch out for, which has already passed. <laughs> that is true. So if you made it through January Europe and you're our Amsterdam fan, ahoy. Uh, although, Let us know if anything super kooky happened to you. Although I'm gonna tell you this, uh, if I if I come in in any spare cash, I'm gonna be investing in Baskin Robbins. <gasps> Thirty one flavors. I think that's all we got for you this week. Follow us on Twitter at. Hooli and the Joe. We promise there won't be too many other tweets that we'll have to lead off episodes with apologies for. At least I promise that. I don't know about these guys. I promise that. I make no such promise. And you can also like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hooli and the Joe. Follow us on Instagram at sports underscore retorts. Please, please, please rate and review us on iTunes or however else you listen to the show. It's a great way for other people to discover it. Even if you don't like us, rate us bad. Yeah. Let us know you listen. Yes. Yes. We'll change it. Also, why don't you listen if you don't like us? But thank you. There's so much other stuff. You don't have to listen to this. But thanks for giving us a shot. Exactly. We are not throwing away the shot you gave us. (laughs) (laughs) Orange Chicago, Illinois, the greatest city in the world. The greatest city in the world. Greatest city in the world.
This has been a Nerdalogs production. If you'd like to help make more things like this, please visit patreon.com slash nerdalogs to donate today. And go to www.nerdalogs.com for more cool stuff. Thanks for being awesome. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.